Hello, and welcome to the Go Take Pictures podcast, where we spend time getting to know people who've decided to use photography to communicate in powerful ways. And the question I want to ask, how do they balance making art with being a real person? How does photography fit into their family, their job, struggles, and everyday life? At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping to know where the art comes from and then share that with you. My guest on this episode is Alexa Racco a nature and seascape photographer from Southern California that I've known for a couple of years and whose work is really breathtaking. First of all, I wanted to say thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, Alexa, we've been friends for a couple of years now, yes. and you are the first person that said yes when I, when <laughs> I asked uh, who wanted to be on this podcast, <laughs> which is, well, so thank you for that. I noticed you didn't say I was the first person you asked. <laughs> But I'm I'm honored wow. to be the first interview. <laughs> <laughs> you are the first person I asked as well. <laughs> um, basically, the I'm going to do a I I'll, I will have already published an intro episode that talks about what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the very quick um, Cliff Notes version is that. This is to scratch my own itch. It's to talk to people that I'm curious about their life and how they make the art they make, uh-huh. why they do it, how they balance that with being a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of times we compartmentalize people, uh, we compartmentalize them and they become just the artist. Yeah. And I find that in almost every case, the art is because of who they are. So that's... Yeah, that that's maybe the the basic gist of things. I want to know about you and, mm-hmm. and 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 what makes you tick, um, and what makes the art uh, what makes the art come out that that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So, um, first of all, I guess I would love to know. I would love for you to introduce yourself. Um, tell uh, us a little bit about you, um, that where you live and what you do and and that sort of thing. Okay. Well, I'm Alexa Racco. You might know me from Instagram as Alexa Hope. I am a landscape photographer based in Southern California. And I think that my Southern California roots definitely have influenced my photography. I'm very drawn to oceans and seascapes. I grew up on a beach town. So that definitely figured into my passion for the ocean. And um, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what else to say about myself. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good start. Uh, I'm sure we'll dig into more. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll talk a little bit about our history. Um, we met on a workshop on the Oregon coast mm-hmm. that uh, a workshop photo tour, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was, uh, I think I was ostensibly one of the, uh, one of the, teachers, hosts, whatever uh-huh. you want to call it. And and I think my main qualification was not that I was a better photographer than anybody else, but that um, I knew the area <laughs> fairly well. <laughs> and so um, you you get handed a, here's where we want to go, come up with a list of places we should go. And so um, that was, uh, we met on that trip, which was, uh, which was pretty amazing. And, yeah. and that's where I first got, that's where I first got exposed to your work. And anecdotally one little story was you and I um, were standing together around sunrise right on it was at a place called Oceanside yeah and I didn't really know you it was the first time we'd we'd really talked at all yeah and I was standing next to you and you had on I think like some Gore-Tex hiking shoes or something like that I had on full-on waterproof boots <laughs> and this wave came along and just, just it was probably two feet deep. And I, of course, jumped and scurried and you stood like a statue. You didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, this one's serious. <laughs> so, and the, the cool thing is I actually did have the presence of mind to take a picture of the moment. So uh, I, I have that there. picture. It, I actually love that picture. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good one. It's it's great. You're standing there in soaked wool socks and uh, <laughs> not and, my best fashion moment, but it was definitely <laughs> you know you captured me doing something I loved. <laughs> That's my favorite. Is when you're knee deep in the ocean 
yeah, yeah, shimmering it was, uh, and. <laughs> It was pretty epic, and I think we ended up having to go stop at the Helly Hansen outlet. And you weren't the only person who bought a whole bunch of new socks. And yeah, uh, I bought a jacket there as well. But a lot of people were had wet clothes the whole rest of the day that day. Yeah, I up until that point had only been in Southern California ocean water, which is a few <laughs> degrees warmer. So I was not, you know, and I could put up with the cold water. If I have to, yeah. you know, you get in the zone, but that was like a whole nother level. So when we went to that <laughs> Helly Hansen outlet, I was like, okay, I need some knee high boots, I need some, <laughs> right. some new pants. I, I think I got a whole new photo wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you weren't the only one. It was, yeah. was kind of wild. Uh, so that's, that's when we first met and then driving around to all different locations, we got a chance to talk mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. So I, I've heard a little bit of of your story, where you came from and how you grew up and how you got into photography, but Mm -hmm. that's the the beautiful thing is that's why we're recording this to share that with everybody else. So um, in the meantime, since then, you've been up to Oregon a couple different times. Um, We actually went out and shot together, um, you and our friend Justin Lamb and Mm -hmm. my kids out at Trillium Lake. Trillium Lake, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a pretty, and it was one of those ones where we thought we were going to get skunked. It was totally oh, clouded over, and then so it beautiful. opened up at the last minute. Yeah. yeah, and I know you've been up here since then. In fact, you did kind of a cool road trip and hung out with a couple a couple other local photographers. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get a chance to join you on that trip, but I would tell us a little about that that trip. Well, that trip was kind of spontaneous. I was actually supposed to. Um, I have this disastrous history with traveling to Iceland. I don't know what is wrong with my karma in that country, but something goes wrong every time I have plans to go there. So the day before, the night before I was supposed to leave, my flight canceled. And Mm. I had a week and a half off of work. I had, you know, uh, jobs I had to get done and had, so I was like scrambling around. I couldn't get another flight. So last minute, I decided to go up to Portland, <laughs> and I had zero. Yeah, Portland, plans. Iceland. I mean, you know, they're interchangeable, I mean, right? <laughs> epic landscapes, you know, some cool waterfalls, and I know, um, I knew through Instagram, I knew quite a few people in the Portland area, and I know you and Justin, and um, have a few friends from that same workshop that we met at. Um, a few friends from that area. So I went up to Portland, no plans, didn't even know where I was staying, what I was going to do, ended up meeting some people and just had the most amazing trip and then had, drove down the coast <laughs> on my own. Um, I decided to take the 101 because in California, that's a major freeway. Right. <laughs> it is not the case in Oregon. It's like a two-lane highway winding through mm-hmm. the mountains. It was absolutely beautiful, but it added a lot of extra drive time. <laughs> well, if you catch it the wrong time of year, there's whole sections that wash out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was tons of construction. <laughs> I had to do this major yeah. detour. I was like, at one point, I was like, where? I'm like in the backwoods. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Um. So I ended up doing one of my favorite it ended up being one of my favorite photo trips though i i did a lot of shot a lot around the gorge um and down to thor's well brooking your pictures from your pictures from thor's well from that trip are pretty awesome that was like a a dream realized (laughs) because i had seen pictures of thor's well for years and thought it was like this magical place so to be able to mm-hmm. go there and see it in person was it was a little overwhelming it was amazing so i was really yeah. happy about that i i always get skunked there i've never i've never Had i've gone and epic. visited and it's <laughs> it's either dead or the or the, the light is just nothing i actually um shot sunset there went and got dinner came back i was going to do some astrophotography there but i chickened out but in kind of fooling around up above the the well on the road, I got a couple pictures, and in two of the pictures, there was some bioluminescence in the water. Mm. But it was nice. very, very, very faint. I don't think it would have. You got to crank those saturation slides. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I, I might be guilty of doing that. You use the eyedropper and uh, <laughs> pull back on the luminance a little bit. Yeah. Never. <laughs> nice. Well, that seems so that, yeah, you're right. Or the Oregon end of 101 is not exactly a, um, it's not exactly a major thoroughfare. I, uh, I've done that drive before. In fact, I did it when I was a teenager with my permit. I didn't have my license yet. I drove it with my mom on a road trip. And yeah. She basically caved and, and said, oh, yeah, we'll go down that highway. She really wanted to take I-5. And I, I said, oh, let's take the, we'll take 101. It'll be awesome. And it was, some, it was stupid. It added like six hours to the trip or something. <laughs> dumb like that it's it's so long and i would not recommend doing it but there are so many cool places to stop along the way i was so it was was a a good trade-off i didn't sleep that's that's (laughs) well no uh, that's how it goes right (laughs) um so here's what maybe is um one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to you i find that a lot of times we we have conversations people talk about you know what do you do and when you hear people you hear photographers interviewed or you hear people talking about their life they're always talking about the epic trips and we talked about one of your epic trips which is great we got that out of the way but i am curious because i know a little bit about your kind of your day job and and what you do and how you got into this mm-hmm. i would love to know a little bit more about that what is how does photography fit into you know you've kind of hinted that it's not your day not your day job it's not your regular thing yeah Um, it's not not the way you make a living and I'd love to know more about how it fits along with what you do well I um my job my nine to five job is (laughs) jobby job (laughs) yeah you know um is as a nanny and we the family that I work for um we travel quite a bit. Obviously not right now because we're all quarantined. But um, so it goes hand in hand with photography really well, because I'm able to travel around the world and I'm on a work trip, but I can take a night off and go, you know, hike part of Cinque Terre, you know, when we're in Italy or go to some amazing beach in the Caribbean, you know, so I've traveled around the world working and have been able to get shoot some really like iconic places along the way like the one time I did make it to Iceland I was I had like a two-day stopover on my way back home because we had spent the summer in Europe and I decided to take two days off go to Iceland and (laughs) do as much as I possibly could and then (laughs) fly home and get right back to work (laughs) nice yeah like cramming Exactly. Exactly. I have never been there before, but everything I've heard tells me that's uh, pretty ambitious. There's a lot to see. (laughs) I definitely thought that I could do more than, you know, there's just so much to see. It's worth spending two weeks at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's, so that's really, that's pretty awesome. The idea that you get to you know, I know that you're not the only person who I've ever heard say that they um, they get to travel for work and that that becomes the the catalyst for putting them in these beautiful locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I love that. So the as w- one of the things that the morning that you and I shot together on the coast the first day we it was it wasn't the first day we we met the night before but mm-hmm. the first day we'd ever gone out shooting together i watched i saw the light i saw the colors i was there with you i took pictures alongside you but then we got back to the house and i watched you editing mm-hmm. and your images look nothing like mine <laughs> and I, <laughs> and i say that in a good way i say that as a as a compliment i was blown away by the uh, the rich, really vibrant, but still pastel colors that you pulled out of the these beautiful morning kind of right in the crossover between blue and golden hour in the morning. And I would love to know a little bit about that creative look, how you how you think about that, maybe why you what 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 gives you 
that look? Where how mm-hmm. does your vision land you there? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's when I look at your Instagram feed, it's fairly consistent. Not that you're using some preset or anything like that, but there's a real consistent feel, um, a way that you think about color and a way that you approach things. And I think it's kind of otherworldly, mm-hmm. kind of ethereal in, in a lot of ways. And I'd love to know a little bit more about how you think about that and where that comes from. Well, it definitely, um, I think long exposure lends itself, which is what I'm most drawn to long exposure photography. I think it lends itself to that dreamy otherworldly look. And I think going back to when I first got into photography, I was a child. My father was a photographer and it really was, um, immediately an escape for me, something I picked up on that I could, I had a very, um, I'd say like (laughs) traumatic childhood. So it was coming from a very dark place and there was this escapist quality. I definitely think that in my images, I'm not trying to document the world as it is. Like it definitely I'm trying to recreate a world that's in my brain, kind of like a the way I would like to see the world. A very so I would say I am going for a very dreamy. Um, if I could paint, I would probably <laughs> do some oil painting, you know. And I think sure. that's kind of the the look I'm going for in my images. That it 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 is my escape from reality in a lot of ways, and that I like the the brighter, more saturated colors and, um, you know, scenes that I think are pretty, (laughs) that's all I'm going for, you know, like beautiful sunsets and beautiful places and places where you would want to escape and just sit and relax and feel peaceful. You know, I think that's, um, the world I'm trying to create in my pictures. So I'm glad that that comes through to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's, um, and I don't think this is to a fault that, because I think some people, their imagery all kind of looks the same. And that's not where I was going with that. I think that there's just an underlying sort of quality that, that comes through. And I, and I, if I'm being just, you know, just, confessing like I have sat and looked at your images and then I've pulled up similar stuff and I've tried to kind of like how is she doing that like what and I watched you drag sliders around and I still I still find that you're you're going somewhere that I don't know how to so I I like that I think that's uh, that's pretty cool um now I think it's also really an interesting idea that you talk about the idea of art being an escape that mm-hmm. it's that it's some it's it's a kind of a cathartic activity and i i know a lot of people have talked about not that this is you but there are a lot of folks who are you know, artists and they have different you know <laughs> kind of the tortured artist idea <laughs> <laughs> that they're able to express with art with uh whether it be music or painting or photography they're able to express something that you can't really say with words mm-hmm. be, either because you can't because you don't want to or because the words just don't really work for mm-hmm. that they're not adequate yeah i so think I, like- I i think in all creative pursuits you're kind of pouring your soul into it and you're so it does become a very vulnerable kind of like expression of what's going on with you at the moment. And like, I find for myself, the times where I'm, you know, really struggling or feeling like things are feeling really dark, or, you know, the best thing to do is just to go and grab my camera and go somewhere out in nature. And I think there's something um, really therapeutic about that for me, at least, like I'm one of those people that tends to like, have the racing mind and I'm going a hundred different places at once. And when you're shooting, you're all it is, is you, your camera and the scene in front of you. You're not, and you really get into a zone where you're, you're not thinking about the fight you just had or the laundry you have to do or every, you know, the bills you have to pay that, you know, it's just, 
like it quiets your brain. And I think that's like, um, it reminds me how people describe going to a yoga class or something like yoga doesn't have that calming effect on me, but (laughs) going out and shooting for a few hours really does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I feel feel, uh, the, this, just this last week, um, I went out shooting with one of my friends, Cody. And at one point we were stopped at this one waterfall and I looked back and I had, I hadn't even paid attention to how long I'd been there, except that I knew that my legs were kind of cramp, starting to cramp a little bit. And Uh I was standing in water by about in about four or five inches of water. It's a freezing waterfall. And I look back and Cody is kind of has this look on his face like, are you done yet? Like, come <laughs> on, man. And he's a photographer and he was giving me that. Yeah. And I basically, yeah. It, it took the whole walk back to the car before my toes thawed out because I, yeah. I got in. I just got in. I was wearing sandals because I'm. I know myself well enough to know that I won't stay out in the water. So <laughs> sandals are, are a better bet than, than boots. Um, but I lose track of time very, very easily. Yeah, I think a lot of photographers, they like we get into a zone and then an hour goes by and you haven't moved and every part of your body hurts. You're starving. You have to pee. You know, it's like, I I feel like I'm going to die, but that was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's worth it. Ah, ah, fun. So (laughs) at least we can we can uh, we sometimes we're co-conspirators. Sometimes we're uh, it's. uh, it's something far worse and we're, we're, you know, I don't know what the right word is for that. But, uh, suffering together, I guess. Yeah. That's I do think, some, some, I do think that there's something about suffering together that is, it's a bonding activity, <laughs> you know, waking yeah. up at 3am to drive two hours to stand in the freezing cold to get, you know, Maybe a good shot of the sunrise, or maybe you'll get skunked. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think one of my fa- absolute favorite trips is a was one out to, not the area that we visited together, but the but further south, um, in the Coos Bay Bandon area, and then down into um, Brookings. Uh-huh. And I went with with three friends, and it was basically, you know, we went for like four days, and at least a couple of the nights we did, we just slept in the car for yeah. like three hours waiting, waiting for Milky yeah. Way. And then another one, we, we went 18 hours. We just didn't sleep at all. We went, we basically were going shooting for 18 hours straight. And it's crazy. Cause we, we look back on those. It's like, man, that was a- amazing. That was epic. That was the best trip ever. <laughs> and I, I literally got home and because I was the one driving, my ankles were completely swollen up. I was so miserable because I'd been sitting, I'd been standing or sitting for two days straight. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was you, you tell stories like that and I know every photographer does trips like that and we're like, it's amazing. But I don't know how, you know, when you talk about <laughs> how normal people, people <laughs> like it's just, it's so crazy. And I don't know how someone may, would make a living <laughs> doing that because I would die. It takes me a week and a half to recover from a photo trip i'm like usually come home and am deathly ill and you know very uncomfortable (laughs) well that and that that last that trip where i was it was 18 hours straight i came home and we had a fairly full sunday when i got home and yeah we and we i think we went to church it was in the afternoon church in the afternoon and then we went out to dinner with friends (laughs) and my wife said like the whole time you were just barely you were like a zombie yeah and then we got in the car to go home and i go i can't i can't drive so she drove home and about 7 30 i went to sleep and i didn't wake up the next morning till like 10 (laughs) so and even and even then i was still kind of groggy the the rest of the next day so i'm the same i don't i don't know how people can function like that on an ongoing basis that's a little crazy yeah it's a little crazy (laughs) so here's what i'm i'm kind of curious how when did you get started? What's your, what are your first, what was your first dabblings in photography? Well, my, cause you mentioned, you mentioned your dad yes. and you mentioned, uh, growing up around photography. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, he was a photographer and, um, pretty much every summer after my parents got divorced, so they divorced when I was seven. So 
every summer or every other summer, he would load up me and all my siblings. So I had five other siblings and we were all around the same age. Wow. So, <laughs> and we would drive, you know, for three months for the whole summer. Um, <laughs> and when I was like nine, 10 or 11, he gave each of us a camera, 10 rolls of film, a journal and a Swiss army knife, which I don't know why he would do that, but he did. Um, <laughs> and we drove it's an experiment. <laughs> it was like, a, let's see what they do with the this. hunger games. Let me just tell you after a couple <laughs> days in the car with six to like, preteens there was definitely bloodshed and it wasn't pretty somebody sharpened their teeth and (laughs) somebody somebody's made their camera into a bow and arrow like definitely a parenting fail right there (laughs) but he told us we were going to make a a book of this whole trip so to keep a journal and to take pictures of you know along the way And for some reason, it just absolutely like captured my imagination and spent, I spent like all day, you know, writing in my journal and I actually still have it. And I looked at it a few months ago and it basically is just a list of every terrible, annoying thing my stepsister did the entire summer. (laughs) It's like a recording of her summer. (laughs) So it was, it was great. Uh, Um, Maybe that's what we need to start doing on photography trips is keep a journal of the annoying things that your that your uh, yeah. friends are doing. Today, she said something really mean to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we traveled from Santa Barbara all the way up to Whistler in Canada and from Whistler down to um, through Yellowstone, Glacier National Park to Santa Fe. We spent a couple weeks in Santa Fe and then... Um, drove back home so we hit so many incredible national parks you know um the grand canyon olympic national park um obviously yellowstone and glacier national park and santa fe are all incredible in the southwest and so just to be like exposed to all that i remember there was one particular morning where um my father dragged us all out of bed to go shoot the sunrise in Yellowstone. And um, you can imagine how thrilled we all were with that idea. <laughs> and I, was at, um, I, I may do that to my kids. <laughs> Literally about three weeks ago, I took my kids on a trip and I woke up and I go, Hey guys. It was like 5.30. I go, hey, the sun's coming up. Well, let me tell you, it is a character building experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of my kids said, Dad, come on. (laughs) And, you know, it's some of my favorite stories about my childhood. So it couldn't be that bad. Right. (laughs) But I remember watching the sunrise and we were at, I think it was like lower Yellowstone Falls, which is one of the most incredibly beautiful views I've ever seen. And the sunlight hit the waterfall and just like lit up for a second. And I have a couple shots of it that I still have in my closet somewhere. And um, it just felt like in that moment, I wasn't cold. I wasn't tired. I wasn't pissed off that I was there. I was just in awe of this incredible view. And that's really when I fell in love with photography. And I think... um, that's kind of the feeling that I'm trying to capture today. So I'm so like, feel like I'm always chasing after that feeling of just like being in awe of the world around me. Yeah. I like that. That, that feels it's, I think it's that it's the moment where things become transcendent. Mm-hmm. Um, where you mentioned earlier, you know, you, 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 you're tired, you're hungry, your feet hurt and all that stuff. But it, all of a sudden, all that just shuts off. Yeah, When the, light, when the, light, com- the light changes and something happens and you just, you kind of, for me, I, always, I almost kind of feel like I've pushed a pause button on the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. And I'm just here. That yeah. this moment exists for this. 
and to take a photo of that to make an image that you can then somehow share is there's something really special about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. So you mentioned that you still have some of those photos, but you know, 10 rolls of film, um, five siblings out on the road, you know, what, uh, where did that lead? Do you, have you looked through those pictures? What, what, how has that shaped things? I I've looked through them a few times actually over the, I mean, the past few decades and um you know it was definitely in at the time i didn't appreciate the trip very much but in retrospect i think it was a pretty amazing thing to do and i feel lucky that i had those times um and i think that it definitely i definitely um walked away from those those summers with this love for adventure and for travel. And I think that's shaped what I've done for the rest of my life. You know, I think that really contributed to how, where I've ended up now. So, yeah, I mean, I so think. So tell us, tell me, tell me about that. So where that, cause that's a pretty big jump from I'm a, I'm a preteen on a road trip with <laughs> my siblings and, and you discover that magic light, that landscape, uh, outdoor magic light to now you have a a very different life now. Definitely, definitely a very different life. But I think that um, the thing that I've kept with me is the sense of adventure and um, really, you know, even when I first um, begged for this job that I have now, (laughs) I want, I fell in love with the family that I'm now working for and I wanted to be with them, but I wanted to also see the world. Like I, I always knew growing up that my number one priority was traveling. I didn't want to, like my dream job was to, um, work for a hotel chain. Like this is what I figured Mm. as a a child. I didn't care what my job was as long as I could. (laughs) travel around the world and stay in different, you know, places. And that's all I wanted to do was to travel and see the world. So I do think that that came from those insane trips and seeing these beautiful places. And it gave me a real lust for seeing the world. You got, you got a taste early on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So how did you, uh, so this fa- the family that you mm-hmm. that you work for. How did you how did you get exposed to that? And and at what point did you go? Oh, I ca- I kind of have to <laughs> beg for this job. Oh, <laughs> well, I was um, started dating my boss's nephew in I think it was my senior year of high school. I was sixteen and um, just totally fell hello head over heels in love with him and. He was going away with his family for the summer and he invited me to come with him. And I, at that point, hadn't met anyone. But that summer, being away from my family and exposed to like, you know, someone else's family, I just felt like, wow, these people are much nicer than (laughs) much nicer. (laughs) These people like each other. I know. They're like, they're not trying to stab each other in the backseat of a car. And I really felt like uh, at home and just didn't want to, I didn't want to leave. I was supposed to come for two weeks and I just begged, can I please stay for the rest of the summer? (laughs) And they were so kind and let me stay. And then I was like, can I please have a job? I don't want to go home ever. (laughs) And so I I adopted them (laughs) and they haven't been able uh... to get rid of me. That's a pretty good way of putting it. So were were you were you basically helping out with the kids while you were on that trip? That first trip I wasn't. I was really just, you know, cuz I was just going for 2 weeks. I had never even, you know, you were being really, a teenager. Yeah. I mean, who would hire a 16-year-old for the summer? <laughs> Especially if they knew me at that point. I've really shaped up since then. <laughs> well, um, you know, there's hope for everybody, right? Yeah, you know, everyone's a little crazy as a teenager. 
Um, but it wasn't until I graduated high school at 17 that I, um, so that next summer, I really was kind of at a loss for what to do with my life. I was, you know, really at odds with my family at that point and didn't really want to go to like, I just didn't, I was a very lost person, I'd say at that point in my life. And as I think most 17, 18 year olds are, you know, it's like you're at this huge transitional point in your life and trying to figure out what kind of person do you want to be and trying to figure out the world around you. And And realistically, a 17 or 18 year old, if they think they know what they want to do, that's probably suspect, right? (laughs) Definitely. I, I moved out of my parents' house with $1,200. $1,200. And I thought, this is so much money. <laughs> and then I paid rent one month. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, the real world yeah. really, really uh, seeps into that reality really quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's um, my oldest son is 16. Uh-huh. And he and my middle son are both working at camp this summer. And uh-huh. we have we have these moments where when they were kids, we dropped them off at camp and we're and our thought was we're dropping our little boys off with bigger boys. And so now my <laughs> now my boys are those bigger boys. Um uh, and then thinking about money, my oldest is very close to having his driver's license. And so we actually bought an old car for him. Uh-huh. And we went to the we went to the bank and got the cash out, and he just was like wide eyed. Yeah, it was only, it was, it was twenty nine hundred dollars, and he, he was looking at that like that's all, that's so much money. That's a fortune <laughs> <laughs> to a teenager. That's like unfathomable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of funny to watch him be like that. And I remember the first time I ever had that much money, going, "Wow, I have, yeah." I had saved up. I had saved up money for a, my first really nice guitar. It was when <laughs> I was in my I was in my twenties already. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. So were you, uh, was there a break between the photography you were, do- you were doing when you were, um, uh, you know, preteen and what you're doing now or, you know, what, what happened between now and then or between yeah. then and now, I should say. So for years, I'd say it was like a huge passion of mine. And then in high school, you know, you're, once you get your driver's license and, you know, you have other priorities <laughs> i don't know what to call them <laughs> you know you lose That's a good focus. Way to put it. <laughs> yeah. um so i i dropped it for a long time and then it wasn't until 2015 um a couple things happened right at the same time one was first i had a, a good friend of mine ask me what would you do if you had more time and i really thought about it and i thought like I used to really like when I was a kid, like shooting the sunrise, like I like watching the sunrise and taking pictures of it. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. And within the same week, um, my boyfriend is totally fine now, but he had a pretty serious health scare and was, he spent, um, 10 days in the ICU. And there were a couple days in there where it, it looked pretty touch or go and go like, we didn't know what was going to happen. And it was a really scary time and really painful time. And um, I went to spend the afternoon in the hospital with him one day. And, um, you know, you have to, like, put the hospital gown on and mask and the you know, hair covering, gloves. And I was sitting there. It was just an extremely painful experience. and. You know, it's not it's not like you're like hanging out with someone because he's in and out of consciousness. And anyway, right. <laughs> so it was like a really emotional experience. And I walked out and I just went straight to the camera shop and spent my entire <laughs> savings on a whole new Sony. Um, I got the A6000 and a lens and a whole camera bag and a tripod. Like I got a whole setup. It was really, really impulsive and crazy, but I, th- I think you do crazy things when you're in that state. Um, and, and the camera store and Sony. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I made their year. Um, yeah. And it was just, and I went to the beach that evening for sunset and, 
that was my, the first time in probably 10 years I had taken pictures. And it was just like when I was a kid again, where I felt like everything else, all the noise just falls away. And it's just you and the waves and the rocks and the sunset. And that's it. And, mm. you know, so it really became that escape for me, especially, you know, during that scary time. And then um, it just became a full on like addiction. <laughs> It yeah. became an obsession from there. And um, I really feel lucky to have that in my life, to have something that I feel really passionate about, that I feel like um, I've been able to meet so many people. Like, you know, I have a friendship with you, with all those other guys that I met um, on that same photo trip. And through Instagram, you meet so many people who have this same passion and it's just, it's so fascinating to me because we all come from different walks of life, different backgrounds. Different, there's no similarities at all, except that we have this love for photography and we're willing to do insane things like not sleep and not eat and freeze yeah. and, you know, be incredibly uncomfortable. And then in those times, it's like, um, you really get to know someone like, and, and that, like right. I've ended up making you know, some very close friendships through photography and even Instagram. And that's, you know, I think that is fascinating to me. Well, it's very interesting how it tends to transcend uh, pretty much any difference, any kind of barrier. And yeah, uh, there's one of the, one of the guys I shoot with most often, um, my friend Cody uh -huh. is, so I'm, I'm like five, ten, just under five, 10. I started shrinking when I got older. So I was five, 10, <laughs> uh -huh. I'm like five, nine now. Um, I, Cody, I want to say he's probably like, I don't know, six, four, six, five. Uh -huh. He's really, really tall. He has long hair and a top ponytail and he's covered in tattoos. And I don't have a tattoo. I don't have any piercings. I'm not <laughs> I'm a short. Um, the one thing we haven't that we do have in common is that our daughters are friends and, uh -huh. and kind of have grown up together. But it's so funny. We go out and we have he dresses completely different, is into all different kinds of stuff. Him and his uh, him and his uh, partner are vegan, which is like the opposite of me. So, <laughs> so basically, you're opposites in every way. <laughs> just about, just about. And then, but then we go shoot, and it's just like two peas in a pod. Yeah. We just I know we I know we look totally weird walking on the trail together, but we're we're so so tight and then i've got a couple other friends i've got um one of my friends uh, minhas um and he is a doctor in mm -hmm. new york and he's a young young guy he's in his still in his 20s i think uh -huh. um, and then and then he and i will go shooting and i'm 45 and we've got this other friend josh who's like 49 and we have this very different age span uh -huh. and we all look really different and we're all have very different backgrounds but we all get together and it's just this riot and it, it's literally like a bunch of high school dudes hanging out together yeah yeah and so i find that that this this hobby gives me friends that i would have never known otherwise I absolutely never, yeah and not that and and I guess I feel like it's a really beautiful thing because there are people that I that are some of my best friends now that I would have never met otherwise. Absolutely, I, I would have. Like I I said earlier, there's something about like being being super uncomfortable with someone. You're tired, you know. You're tired. You're cold. All those things. You're totally out of your comfort zone. You're stuck in a car for hours and hours and hours in the dark. Often, you know, with no distraction because there's very little wi-fi in a lot of these places that we end up and i find like you just end up like hearing people's live stories life stories um and people open up in a way that you wouldn't necessarily if you were in mm -hmm. a car with you know yeah i don't know in a different commiserating situation. is a, commiserating <laughs> is a powerful bonding agent i think I think that is the exactly what I'm trying to say in a much more articulate way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm I would guess there's I know there are psychological 
studies on this stuff. I mean, the, heck, they have, don't they have like whole, it's there are like, whole <laughs> syndromes for this sort of the Florence Nightingale effect, this, these sorts of things, right? It's like in, the, a, in Harry Potter where the three of them battle the troll and become best friends. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah. You know, that's, that's what good. photographers do. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Ah, <sighs> fun. So that's a, that's really interesting that the getting of getting a camera and getting started again is, was really instrumental for you in getting through some hard times and, yeah. and kind of, kind of breaking through some of that stuff. I love, I love hearing that. So tell me more about, I'm, I'm kind of, I want to shift, shift gears a little bit and talk about, you know, kind of what you're up to now. What, um, what is the intention when you go out shooting now and uh-huh. you're, you know, and I know right now trips are few and far between because everybody's supposed to wear masks and people aren't supposed to go very far, but mm-hmm. what, it, where are you at now? Five years after you kind of got back into photography, when you go out, what is your intention? What are you trying to, what are you trying to make in terms of art? Okay. Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, Cause and this is something I haven't really talked about on Instagram. I think I kind of mentioned it to you um, on the phone really quickly. And um, it's something I've, I think I've just kind of have gotten m- my brain wrapped around enough to even really talk about. But I, um, a, about a year and a half ago, was diagnosed with a nervous system disorder, which has been over the past eight months, like, completely debilitating at different times has left me um on bed rest and stuck using a walker or wheelchair you know like unable to really walk so the times that I can go out and shoot are very few and far between and very different than um how I used to shoot like I could never do that Portland to San Francisco road trip now. And I hope at some point in my life, I'll be able to. But I think when I do, fingers crossed. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, I think when sending I send you all the good vibes and the prayers, whatever <laughs> we need to do. It's I mean, it's been an interesting I think it's been an interesting growth experience in a lot of ways, because I've had to um, I've always been one of those people. It's like, you know, I'm independent. I don't need anyone to take care of me. I can do it on my own. And like, I've been like, you know, literally flattened by this. So I had to depend on people. And, you know, and I think in a lot of ways, trust that the people around me care about me and want to help me. And, you know, I'm not a burden. And, you know, it's like, all these things that probably were, you know, good things for me to kind of learn. But shit, this has really been a sucky way to learn. (laughs) But, you know, that's the right side, I think. I'm trying to look for a silver lining. (laughs) But Uh, Yeah, I I feel you. (laughs) But uh, so when I do go out and shoot, I think that just to get outside and to be physically be able to do it is a really emotional experience for me. And um, for example, I went in November, I went to Monument Valley which is somewhere I've never been in my life. And I've wanted to go ever since I saw Forrest Gump when it was in theaters. So I was like, you know, nine or 10 years old. And, um, I stopped running when you got there. I stopped running. (laughs) I said, I think I'm done now. Um, (laughs) Exactly. I stood there and I just like burst into tears and I had this Navajo guide with me and he was like patting my back, like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> but it was like to me it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life because here I was um on my own doing something I didn't think I'd ever be able to do again and going to a place that I've wanted to go my entire life and it was just as beautiful and amazing as I ever thought it would be like it's just such a powerful place to see anyways um so I don't know if that answers your question. But it, 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 no, it very much does. So I think that the, what I'm when I go out now, what I'm looking for is just that a feeling of appreciating the world and my physical body and the fact that I can do these things 
and that I appreciate it so much more now than I ever did. I love that. No, that's, that's great. Well, and it sounds like maybe the photography is, is not the point anymore. Yeah. It's maybe it's, or I shouldn't say it's not the point, but maybe it's, it's sharing space with the appreciation of being there. Yeah. I mean, I think that it it's definitely, um, you know, it's still an escape and it's, 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 it's hard to articulate, but yeah, I do think that I'm less drawn to, I'd say the social media part of everything. Cause, and my energy is really focused on just being able to get out and see the world and appreciate the world. And that usually does involve having a camera in my hand because I find I appreciate it even more when I slow down and look at it through a shutter. Yeah. This being a photographer thing is an affliction for sure. Yeah. It means you're always carrying extra stuff with you. Oh my God. I know it's so heavy. <laughs> okay. So that's a fairly natural transition. Mm-hmm. You, you, when I first met you were carrying a much heavier kit with you. Yes. <laughs> and over the last what year and a half or so, um, you have been shooting with a new system. Yeah, and... I've I've switched over to the Olympus system. Um, originally, they had reached out to me to do a campaign with them. And um, I don't know if you've ever used any other cameras or held it, but the, they're uh, micro four thirds. They're significantly smaller and lighter than other mirrorless cameras, um, which particularly now that I'm not like as physically able as I, you know, used to be, it has been like amazing because I can, you know, instead of carrying around 25 or 30 pounds of weight, I'm carrying, you know, 10 or 15, you know, which is much mm-hmm. more doable. Um, and so I fell in love with the small size and the, how lightweight it is and the waterproofing and some of the tech features are pretty pretty freaking cool the weather ceiling is kind of insane oh my god it's so good that's the first time i put it to the test i was on a trip um in the caribbean let's hear a story let's hear a story (laughs) okay this is my favorite (laughs) my favorite weatherproofing story i was on a trip in the caribbean and um you know you get these like downpours in the mid-afternoon so I was like okay that's it I'm gonna put this new camera to the test so I grabbed the camera ran outside and it was like bucket of rain and the sun was setting off in the distance so it was like this amazing dramatic lighting situation there was a rainbow behind me you know like this incredible sunset in front of me and I was standing in the pouring rain I literally had mass I have pictures mascara dripping down my stories. Yes. Yeah, I remember I've seen these pictures, these videos. (laughs) And I was like, you know, it it it, I was just testing out this camera. So I was like, if it breaks, you know, I'm not heartbroken. (laughs) So like I probably nice would have been nervous to take any other camera in that situation. And it held up perfectly. And then I was like, oh I guess I can, you know, get pretty close up to some waves that can pretty you know handle some water so then i started getting pretty adventurous with the seascapes with this camera and i was like oh this is pretty cool i really you know i really like this weatherproofing (laughs) it can really take a beating (laughs) that's awesome yeah do you find that you do you find that you because of that weather ceiling that you are um that you have attempted things that you wouldn't have with other for sure systems yeah yeah I'm definitely less nervous um, in the ocean. I've lost, I've lost some cameras in the ocean before, as I think everyone who is around water has at least one heartbreaking story. Um, so you know, once burn, twice die. But now I've gotten you know more bold, and um, I love being able to go out in the snow or the rain and not worry too much about it and you know i'm pretty i've i've put it in some pretty tough weather situations and it hasn't failed me yet knock on wood 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look for some. <laughs> I know I'm really tempting the gods by saying that, but so so you started off just kind of testing out and and doing some stuff for them, but you have an ongoing relationship with Olympus now, don't you? Yeah, I do. So I've um yeah. be- I am now one of the the Olympus explorers, which is their social media um uh branch of their um I don't know what to call it (laughs) (laughs) of their professional. Yeah. yeah, The the Olympus professionals. Basically ambassador sort of program. Thank you. I knew there was a word that I was in my brain. I just couldn't access it. Yeah. Are they pretty cool to work with? That's one thing I would say is that they are as people, amazing people to work with. And, um, I was, lucky enough to meet a lot of the team. Um, I went to photo plus in New York last year to speak uh, for them. And they're just such kind, lovely people to work for. And they've been very understanding, you know, of my health issues, which kind of came up in the middle of this, this year. So that was obviously like an unforeseen circumstance. And right. they've just been so amazing to and supportive of me. So I feel like very loyal to them just based on my brand relationship and how oh, that's great. supportive they've been. Yeah. That's so good to hear. I, um, I grew up shooting on a Olympus OM one. Oh yeah. Film camera. Yeah. So the, uh, the OM and the Zuiko, Zuiko, I don't know how you yeah. say it, but all of those, I have a pretty good collection of those lenses. Oh, wow. And actually, when I first started shooting mirrorless Sony cameras, I actually had, I bought an adapter and I used the Olympus OM uh, film, OM mount lenses as my first few primes that I bought. And oh, that's so cool. Those lenses are, yeah, they're so good. And I have a few different friends that have shot um, Olympus over the years, and I've always been just really jealous of how good the glass is and, yeah. and that weather ceiling is just, it's just crazy. Um, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where I have seriously considered, maybe I need to get one of those kits and, <laughs> and, how, and I need some well, of that weather ceiling. Well, next time I'm up in Portland, we can, we can trade setups. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You're already familiar. You, I know you were shooting Sony when we were hanging out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I know you, you already know what you're doing with that, but Olympus will be new, to, new for me. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So tell me, um, I guess I would love to know a little bit about, you talked about your, you know, kind of the health issues and that you, right now you're just trying to get out there and, and enjoy nature where you can. What's mm-hmm. coming up next? What do you, what do you have coming? What are you planning to do for the, throughout the rest of this year? Um, you know, it's such a, it's so hard to plan in the future right now because who knows what is going to happen. But in a dream world, I would love to do a road trip. Um, Well, there's two road trips I really want to do because I don't think flying is going to be in my future for a while. I would love to road trip from here to um, Yellowstone and um, spend some time in the Southwest. And I just, I really love that area of the United States. And I love Yellowstone so much. So I would love to get back there. And I would love to go from here up to either Seattle or Vancouver, you know, in that area, you know, and see you guys. Yeah. And I vote to, for that one. Yeah. <laughs> come, come, come up here and hang out. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go shoot some, we'll go, we'll go shoot some forests and some waterfalls. <laughs> There's a lot to see in Oregon. I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface. There's so many waterfalls well, there. It, it's funny because for me, I you know I've grown up pretty much my whole life here. Um, I was I was born in California, but we moved up here really quickly. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any memories of living anywhere else. And there are so many places that I still have never seen in Oregon. Yeah. And and I think of myself as you know outdoor landscape you know, I love backpacking. I love camping and I've, but there are so many places that I still haven't seen. There's so so many places. And especially in the gorge area, I feel like every season, 
each waterfall mm-hmm. looks so different. It's like seeing a new place. So you need to go back, you know, four or yeah. five times well, and, at and least. It's, just and it's such a, <laughs> well, and, and it's weird because everything closed after our fires a couple yeah. of years ago. And then currently it's all closed because of uh, social distancing. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're all, I think everybody here is, we're just kind of waiting with bated breath to see what happens next. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's some talk that, that we might get to, they may put in some new trails that we haven't oh, you know, wow. took waterfalls that, that are now, nobody really knew they were there. I mean, uh-huh. somebody, somebody knew they were there, but now when the forests burn, you can actually see, oh, there's a waterfall back there mm-hmm. and they can build. And maybe the trail that was next to it, it's not repairable. Mm-hmm. But now we can build a new trail to this new waterfall. So that's that's amazing. I think it's gonna, yeah, I think it's gonna be even even more. It'll be a lot to explore. There'll be some even more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So come visit Oregon again, and we'll, okay, we'll hang out. <laughs> done. I'll round up the crew, and we'll, we'll make that happen. <laughs> we'll get our and we'll get all the Seattle folks to come down here. Too. Yeah. And we got we got we got a few uh, a few mutual friends up in the Seattle area. Yeah. We we need an excuse for them to come down. Here. <laughs> Cool. So, um, just kind of wrapping things up, I would love to know, um, love to share with, uh, anybody who's listening and this is brand new, right? It's first episode. So I don't know how many listeners we have, uh-huh. but hopefully they'll, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll ramp that up and, and somebody will be listening. Where is the best place for people to find your work and see what you're, what you're up to? Um, well, I have a website where you can, check out my work um alexahopephotography.net and always instagram is probably the easiest way to see my work which is alexa hope and I'll, I'll put in a plug there that uh people need to follow you if for nothing else than the, <laughs> the humorous stories because there's never a lack of 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 good uh surveys questions um you um b- letting us know that you do brush your hair i well i mean i did a series of pictures where my hair had obviously not been brushed and i got a lot of messages like do you even own a hair but do i need to send well, thank you, a you hair so brush? much like are for, you okay uh, taking some time like, to talk with me um are you secretly homeless like <laughs> so what you're saying basically is that um you know instagram is your uh it's therapy it's intervention it's uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the people there have your back yeah and then everyone i live with was like oh my god thank god your instagram followers got you to brush your hair today <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what i probably need for my my daughter who's 12 she needs to get on instagram <laughs> people will tell her to brush her hair send her my way i'll have a pep talk with her like you don't want to be known as a person who doesn't brush her hair there we go trust me it's a hard reputation to shake well you might have some clout she's met you before so (laughs) she might go oh okay okay you know i'm like remember that nice remember that nice lady who uh took pictures at trillam lake with us she'll go okay yeah 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 she seems nice (laughs) one of the questions i want to ask every guest on the podcast is who you think I should talk to next? Who are the people that inspire you? Who are the people that have interesting stories that I should talk to? Um, well, I think, you know, we know a lot of, we have a lot of friends in common. I think a lot of them are actually, would be fascinating to interview. Um, you named a couple of them. I um, don't know Cody personally, but have seen his work. And, you know, I would love to hear more about how he came to, uh, where he's at in terms of photography and um why he has so many tattoos yeah i would love to hear the story (laughs) behind the tattoos and the piercings and the veganism (laughs) i'm sure he'll talk about it (laughs) i think he's a reluctant vegan that is uh his partners um she's the one pushing that (laughs) that would uh, veganism would be but he's on board um and i one of my favorite people I've met through Instagram and just to sit around and talk photography with is Desi Drew photography. Hmm. Um, he's, you know, yeah. hilarious. And also, you know, knows so much. Always like, Whoa, that's interesting. Um, I don't know if and you he's know, he's a fellow Olympus shooter and he's too. a fellow Olympus shooter. Um, the, I don't know if you follow someone on Instagram called the Malibu artist. 
But in terms oh, no, of like, he's you know, got some really interesting um, photography and is probably the most knowledgeable photographer I've just ever been able to just sit around and chat with. And he's a really nice guy. His wife is also a photographer. She's really fun and knowledgeable as well. So shooting with them, I'm always like, can I take notes? Like, this is really mm. interesting. Yeah, like a mini masterclass. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Those are great suggestions. And of course, uh, you know, Cody um, is my homie. Um, Desi. <laughs> Desi is as well. So uh, I've, I've got Desi on speed dial. I'll have to I'll have to hit him up. You guys did a uh, a little uh, COVID-19 uh, Instagram story thing, didn't you? Yeah, we did a few Instagram lives together. We kind of we, that kind of stopped. But <laughs> we're both like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it was really fun at the beginning of lockdown. But month four, it's like, wow, this is <laughs> you know, this isn't fun and games anymore. <laughs> Well, you know, everything has its place. Well, good. Well, um, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk with me today. It's, um, it's, I, I really value, you know, our friendship and it's been great getting to know you. And this is fun because it's to hear some of these stories fleshed out a little bit and yeah. to be able to be able to share that with, with people is, is, is pretty exciting for me. Well, this has been really fun and I can't wait to, you know, for this to materialize for you. <laughs> I I know two people who will listen for sure. Perfect. Good to hear. That's well, I think, I think I might be able to talk my kids into listening. Maybe if I don't tell them what's about photography. Because I might not have said some things otherwise, if I thought we were reaching a wider audience. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Good. Thank you so much. Well, it's so nice to talk and everything. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Also, I'm open to suggestions for interesting people to interview. So if you know of someone I should talk to, please reach out. You can reach out to me via the email link in the show notes, or you can send a message on Instagram or Facebook with the handle at GoTakePictures. New episodes are on the way soon, and if you subscribe, you'll get them as soon as they drop. But in the meantime, Go take pictures.